Welcome to episode 26 of Nobody Asked You, Kevin. Today's episode is the second installment of the music of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or MCU, where I spotlight a particular song in a movie of the MCU. So in, I believe it was episode 15, I covered uh, Traffic's Dear Mr. Fantasy and its use in Avengers Endgame as well as talked about psychedelic rock music as a genre. I think I even threw in some LSD discussion. Uh, But today, that's not the topic. The topic of today's episode of of music of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Doctor Strange and Pink Floyd's Interstellar Overdrive. So, let's first talk about Doctor Strange. Stephen Strange. Might I offer you some advice? Forget everything that you think you know. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. You've spent your life trying to widen it. Your work saved the lives of thousands. What if I told you that reality is one of many? I don't believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. You wonder what I see in your future? Possibility. Strange is a 2016 film um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. Um, It was directed by Scott Derrickson. It tells the story of the brilliant neurosurgeon uh, Stephen Strange, who is kind of drawn into the world of the mystic arts. I won't say much more than that because this isn't an in-depth movie review podcast episode, and I really don't like to spoil movies anyways. 
So um, there's that. Um, the primary cast is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange or Doctor Strange. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor as Mordo. Rachel McAdams as Dr. Christine Palmer. Benedict Wong as the appropriately named Wong. Mad M- Michelson as Cassilius. And the great Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. The movie itself uh, had a, about a $165 million production budget, um, and it proved to be quite successful at the box office. Um, it made $232 million domestically and $445 million at the foreign box office, which makes its worldwide total $677 million, so not too shabby for a $165 million production budget. The movie was pretty well received by critics and audiences. It currently holds a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 89% and is certified fresh. Um, its Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 86%. has a cinema score of, a, of, of an A. And it's got a meta score on Metacritic of 72. An IMDb rating of 7.5 out of 10 with greater than 500,000 ratings. Pink Floyd really needs no introduction. If you know anything about rock music, you know who Pink Floyd is, um, but I'm going to introduce them anyways, just so if, as if you didn't know. Um, Pink Floyd was an English psychedelic, and I guess you would consider them to be a progressive rock band formed in London in 1965. Um, They are considered to be one of the most influential rock groups in history. Um, Again, this isn't meant to be a long-form discussion podcast on a lot of different things, um, and definitely not a long-form discussion about Pink Floyd's history, because that would take multiple podcast episodes to do it properly, and ain't nobody got time for that. Um, At least I don't. Uh, but from 1967 to, to 2014, um, Pink Floyd released 15 studio albums, three live albums, and five EPs or extended plays. Um, when you think of Pink Floyd, you probably think of albums like The Wall or Dark Side of the Moon, songs like Wish You Were Here, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Comfortably Numb, Time, Money, Shine On You, Crazy Diamond. Um, But we are not here to talk about those songs or albums. We are here to talk about the album The Piper at the Gates of Dawn and the song Interstellar Overdrive. The Piper at the Gates of Dawn is the debut album of Pink Floyd. It's the very first album. It was the only album of Pink Floyd to fully include Sid Barrett. As their second album, A Saucer Full of Secrets, saw Barrett leaving the band and David Gilmour coming over to replace him. Um, But the album itself famously takes its name from a book, a novel, uh, the 1908 
Kenneth Graham novel, The Wind in the Willows. Um, so the Piper at the Gates of Dawn was a name of chapter seven of that book. Pink Floyd signed with EMI Records in February of 67, and the music for this album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, uh, was recorded February to May of 67 at Abbey Road Studios in London, which when you actually look at the timeline, it overlaps when, when the Beatles were recording Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour at Abbey Road at the same time. Um, this album released in August of 67, but it's like, like I said, you had Pink Floyd at Abbey Road recording their first studio album, and you had the Beatles in there at the same exact time recording Sgt. Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour back-to-back. Uh, so pretty cool. Um, again, this was released in 67 um, in the UK. Uh, personnel on this album, like I said, you had Sid Barrett on electric guitar, acoustic guitar, percussion, Roger Waters on bass, slide whistle, percussion, gong, vocals, Richard Wright on organ, piano, tack piano, harmonium, celesta, cello, vibraphone, violin, um, some specific electromechanical pianos, percussion, vocals, uh, Nick Mason um, on drums and percussion. But this album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, is considered by most people to be a very pivotal album in the psychedelic rock genre and a formative album for the progressive rock genre. Um, the UK and US releases of this album consisted of a little bit different tracks. They did mix them up. But two of the songs off this album went on to become mainstays in Pink Floyd's live shows. Um, a song called Astronomy Domain and then Interstellar Overdrive, which we're talking about today. We're talking about that latter song. Interstellar Overdrive is an instrumental piece of music, and it clocks in at just under 10 minutes in length. It's a pretty lengthy song, and you actually just heard a bit of it right before I started talking about this. The song itself was one of the very first instrumental improvisations recorded by a rock band. Um, Sid Barrett on guitar, Waters on bass, Rick Wright on um, a it's it's a farfasi organ. Um, it's a type of electronic organ or keyboard, and then Nick Mason on drums. But again, we're talking about Doctor Strange, Pink Floyd, Inter Interstellar Overdrive. If you've seen the movie, 
you probably know what scene I'm talking about this this song was used in but the song was used in um, a pretty pivotal scene the scene is where Stephen Strange is speeding in his car and he wrecks it and then that scene that actually leads him to being the eventual Doctor Strange um, so let's listen to that scene right now listen for interstellar overdrive it's an unmistakable song Air Force Colonel crushed his lower spine in some kind of experimental armor, mid-thoracic burst fracture. Yeah, well, I could help, but so could 50 other people. Find me something worth my time. I have a 68-year-old female with an advanced brainstem glioma. Yeah, you want me to screw up my perfect record? Definitely not. How about a 22-year-old female with an electronic implant in her brain to control schizophrenia struck by lightning? That does sound interesting. Can you send me the... Got it. did they do? They rushed you in a chopper, but it took a little while to find you. Golden hours for nerve damage went by while you were in the car. What did they do? Eleven stainless steel pins in the bones. Multiple torn ligaments. Severe nerve damage in both hands. <sighs> you were on the table for eleven hours. Look at these fixators. No one could have done better. I could have done better.
The song itself was one of the first psychedelic instrumental, I guess, improvisation recordings ever made by a rock band, like I said. Um, the, the story goes that the uh, band's manager, Peter Jenner, he was humming a tune, and Sid Barrett kind of heard that tune, and he picked up his guitar, and he started following that tune on his guitar. And that, that actual little tune then formed the basis for the melody of the song Interstellar Overdrive. The opening of the song is, is, is a distorted, descending guitar riff. Then the drums kick in and the riff repeats. And then pretty much a lot of the song turns, turns to improvisation. And then after a bit, it, it really becomes quite structuralist. There's a lot of free-form playing, if you will, uh, and for a while. And then the band jumps back in with the main melody or variations of the main melody. Um, it's, it's quite a song. Uh, one that um, Roger Waters once just called an, an abstract piece. Because that's really what it is. Um, other techniques used in this song, which are common in psychedelic rock, um, uh, included having the organ sound move from speaker to speaker, panning back and forth, um, a delay effects for the song, which were actually created by, they superimposed a second version of the song over a first version or previous version of the song and created a little delay effect. And then also severe stereo panning in the song was used. And those are common techniques used in a lot of psychedelic rock music to create the mood, create the sounds. There are several live versions of this song available. You can find them on YouTube, you can buy them, uh, YouTube's a great place you can find these. And some are which are incredibly longer than the studio album version um, due to, like, you would say, increased improvisation and freeform time um, during the performance. And there's actually, if you go to YouTube, it's search for Pink Floyd, Frank Zappa, Interstellar Overdrive. You can find a really cool video where it shows Pink Floyd playing with Frank Zappa in Belgium, 1969. Um, and they're playing the song Interstellar Overdrive. There's also an 18 or 19 minute version from a performance in 1970 in Santa Monica, California that you can find. And I'm gonna play that song at the end of this episode as an outro. Um, stick around for that because it's a stellar version of this song. If you think back all the way to episode 15 where I spoke about Traffic's Dear Mr. Fantasy, Psychedelic Rock, um, the purpose of psychedelic rock music was to try to elicit some of those same effects from music that you would get when you take mind-altering substances such as LSD or lysergic acid diethylamide or psilocybin mushrooms, shrooms, magic mushrooms, whatever you want to call them. Um, Sid Barrett himself was an avid user of LSD and other psychedelic substances and in fact he was a heavy user of LSD during the recording of this album Piper at the Gates of Dawn and people have talked about over the years that much of what his psychedelic drug use at the time kind of led to a lot of his problems with the band and then him being forced out of the band um, I, after the first album. So listen again, listen to some of those live versions of Interstellar Overdrive. They're fantastic. They're perfect examples of what psychedelic rock music is. 
Um, and like I said, please stick around at the end of the episode. I'll play that live version. I believe it's over 15 minutes long. Um, so stick around for that. But outside of this linking of the song in the movie, I mean, the move, the song was played in the movie. Um, there, there are some really cool history between Pink Floyd and Doctor Strange itself. So as we've talked, Pink Floyd formed in the 60s. They formed in 1965. Doctor Strange was created in the 60s, as, as, as we know. And as we know, it was a time for, like you said, psychedelic experimentation with drugs, music, expansion of the mind, that sort of thing. Um, Doctor Strange was a bit different than the superheroes of the time. Um, he used the powers of astral projection and powers of the occult and magic which was a lot different than what other superheroes were using. Um, and then the art of Doctor Strange 2 by Steve Ditko was very reminiscent of this psychedelia and psychedelic era as well. Go back to some of the art of Doctor Strange um, in that time, in the mid to late 60s, and you will see that kaleidoscopic and that psychedelic type art. Um, and it, that in the movie itself, the 2016 movie that we're talking about, had those psychedelic visuals reminis reminiscent of Steve, Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange art. And it was also reminiscent of and similar to Pink Floyd's light shows, laser light shows and things that they had during their concerts. And then all of that is similar to the hallucinations and vis visions and trips that you would that are associated with psychedelic drug use particularly LSD and psilocybin even if you go back to the movie there's a scene specifically where Stephen Strange accuses the ancient one who again is played by Tilda Swinton of slipping him some LSD or psilocybin in his tea but I see through you pushed your astral form out of your physical form. Listen, that tea. Psilocybin, LSD. It's just tea. With a little honey. What just happened? So remember that album I mentioned a little bit ago, Pink Floyd's second album, A Saucer Full of Secrets? And, well, Doctor Strange can actually be seen on the cover of that Pink Floyd album. Um, that specific image that you see... It comes from 1967's Strange Tales, number 158. Um, the art, the, the book is by Marie Severin. And I'll post the images on my blog, but at first it's difficult to see. But as soon as you know that Strange is there and you know what the image is, you can't not see it. Um, Doctor Strange is actually, actually mentioned in another Pink Floyd song as well. So on Pink Floyd's third album, titled More, um, there is a song called Cymbeline. And Doctor Strange is mentioned in the lyrics specifically. But the song, interestingly enough, was also called Nightmare by the band. And 
of course, if you know anything about Doctor Strange, one of Doctor Strange's main villains is a villain called Nightmare. So here's a clip of Cymbeline where um, they mention Doctor Strange in the lyrics. Lines converging where you stand They must have moved the picture plane The leaves are heavy around your feet You hear the thunder of the train Suddenly it strikes you That they're moving into range And Doctor Strange is always changing So as you can see in here, there were many connections between Psychedelia, Doctor Strange, and Pink Floyd. Um, while I, Doctor Strange isn't one of the best overall movies of the MCU, it's one of my favorites because it's so different from any other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. So I hope today you've learned a bit about Doctor Strange and a bit about Pink Floyd that you didn't know before today. Um, there's, like I said before, there's really a lot more to Pink Floyd than just the wall, dark side of the moon. Some of the earlier records, like Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Saucer Full of Secrets, um, were wonderful and groundbreaking recordings. Um, for the future, we do know that we are getting a Doctor Strange sequel for the MCU, and I believe it's 2021, uh, and it's titled Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And one of the rumors I was hearing and reading was the uh, potential inclusion of the villain we mentioned earlier, Nightmare. So we'll see if that happens. But I also hope we continue with the Pink Floyd tie-ins with Doctor Strange, um, because I could easily see another Pink Floyd song uh, from the same Piper at the Gates of Dawn album Astronomy Domain be a perfect inclusion in the next film so with that that about does it for this quick episode of Nobody Asked You Kevin in this installment of the music of the Marvel Cinematic Universe today we talked about Pink Floyd's Interstellar Overdrive and its inclusion in Doctor Strange so as always, you can get in touch with me via Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page or on Twitter at my verified Twitter account at ForensicToxGuy or the show's Twitter handle at AskedKevin or by email at NobodyAskedYouKevin at gmail.com. Leave me a review on Apple Music if you can. I accept both bad and good reviews. Um, if you have a song, band, movie, that you want me to cover for the music of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, let me know. I love suggestions. And while you're listening to me, go check out Friends of the Podcast, Scenic Cast, Tales from the Yard on the Leftover Army Podcast, the Leftover Army Podcast, All Out Monsters Attack, Vintage Geeks, Pop Culture Leftovers, Heroes of Noise, the Nerds Podcast, 
Attention Deficit Order, Movies from the Heart, The Animated Batcast, Start Cast, The Real Zodiac, and Wild Pretty Things. All fantastic people, all kick-ass hosts and podcasts. So, don't just listen to this. Spread the love, my friends. Listen to other people's shows. So until next time, my friends, always remember to never enter a room without an exit plan. Much love to all of you. Peace.